Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This podcast is brought to you by LarryInFishers.com, my local news blog that centers on what is happening in and around the city of Fishers, Indiana. Just go to the blog, LarryInFishers.com, and sign up for email alerts. You can also follow my Twitter account, at LarryInFishers. March is Disability Awareness Month, and Fishers has a long list of activities. Fishers has a disability committee that's meeting year-round, and planning for the March events is one thing that group focuses on every year. I spoke with representatives from the disability community to talk about the March events during the morning of Wednesday, February 26th. I'm at Fisher City Hall with Cecilia Coble. Cecilia is the Fisher's City Council President and Co-Chair of the Disability Awareness Month activities here in Fishers. And also with me is is Kelly Hartman. Kelly Hartman is also a co-chair of the events for Disability Awareness Month and is the co-founder of Outside the Box. And we'll talk more about that later. So ladies, thank you very much uh, for joining me on a a snowy morning. Appreciate it very much. Thanks Thanks for having us. Thanks, Larry. Um, Let me start with Cecilia because uh, you have been at this for a very long time. And by the way... uh, you are the first woman to chair the city council in Fishers. Uh, the mayor was very proud of that. He kind of highlighted that when the vote was taken. Uh, but you've also been involved uh, during your time on the council and even before in the area of disability. So you are once again very heavily involved in Disability Awareness Month activities. Um, so kind of discuss the planning that went into everything that's happening in the month of March. So we have a, a core team of committee members made up of various stakeholders from around our community and and every year our events get bigger and better and even more collaborative and we're we're really uh, shining a light on our city and our efforts to be more inclusive and provide an opportunity for everyone to have a life without limits here in our community so we, we've done a lot to provide a number of different events to showcase the talents and contributions of those with physical and intellectual disabilities. We're bringing awareness to unemployment and how can our businesses learn more about how they can hire quality, capable, and willing individuals with various levels of disabilities to meet some of their employment needs here in our community. And we're just uh, trying to showcase that we have a lot of resources here in Fishers and that we are really working hard to meet some of the challenges facing people with disabilities. Uh, let me bring Kelly in here because Kelly, uh, you are a co-founder of Outside the Box. So Tell us about your organization just to start everything off here. So Outside the Box is an organization that really meets people where they are primarily after high school ends. Um, for, for folks who don't necessarily have a track towards college or a trade school or an independent day and may still need skill development um, towards their career path and, and really live in their best life, Outside the Box um, provides those services. We currently have one location in Indianapolis, but we've been working really hard and collaborating with partners around central Indiana 
and we are um, we have targeted Fishers as our home for an expansion project. And so we're currently in the process of raising money in a capital campaign for that and um, hope to find our home on 126th Street in the next couple of years. 126th and where? Um, between Promise Road and Cumberland, mm -hmm. we have been in partnership for a long time with Christ the Savior Lutheran Church, and they happen to have six acres that they are willing to sell us. We've already gone through all the due diligence and gotten the approval um, to move there from the Board of Zoning Appeals. So we've done a lot of the work, and, and we're ready to, ready to get there as soon as we can break ground. Excellent. Uh, Cecilia, uh, one thing about the Disability Awareness Month, I know you work year-round on the Disability uh, Committee here in the city, uh, but what I've always been impressed by with these, uh, the, the Disability Awareness Month March activities, how many other organizations and fishers are involved. I've seen Connor Prairie is involved, the local YMCA, the Hamilton East Library has a long list of activities tied to, to all of this, of this year's uh, Disability Awareness Month activities. So talk about all these other organizations working with you during the month. Mm -hmm. Well, we work all year round together. We The city has the Fisher's Advisory Committee on Disability, and through that group we have subcommittees and so one of the subcommittees is a group that focuses just on march disability awareness month but we collaborate and we are partnering with these groups throughout the whole year talking about ways in which we can work together again to bring opportunities to bring accessibility inclusion to people with disabilities in our community so uh so these uh, relationships with these other organizations that's a year-round thing as well it is some some of them are new this year with the heartland film with the indiana filmmakers network we're, we're really trying to really look at all areas of life you know people with disabilities they they also are wanting to uh, be part of our community and and do recreational activities see art performances, be involved in their community. So we're trying to really tap into all of, of the groups that are in our community and how we can work together. Uh, Kelly, I saw the city news release that uh, came out uh, talking about the activities for the month of March. And you were quoted in that news release saying the following, America's dark history of services for people with physical and intellectual disabilities. So you talk about this dark history. Tell us what you meant by that. Well, if you rewind um, before the Americans with Disabilities Act and several other things um, that have really come out of the late 60s through mid-70s in advocacy, um, we had more than a half million people nationally locked in facilities where, while, while I think society thought they were doing the best thing, um, we were segregating people. Um, people with mental health issues, people with intellectual disabilities, people with physical disabilities. And to be honest, while we've made great movement towards um, seeing things differently, we have a lot of work to do because there are a lot of folks who still feel very isolated, even in a community like Fishers. And I have the opportunity to work all over the state, and I'm, I'm lucky to live in Fishers, for one, but really lucky as a disability advocate to be in a community that's so forward-thinking. So I think we're making great steps, but I think we have a long way to go. When you say people feel isolated, you, a lot of people think back to Saint Central State Hospital mm -hmm. in Indianapolis. Yeah. They think of some of the other facilities throughout this state and, and other parts of the country where people were isolated in institutions. 
But I have seen situations where sometimes people can feel isolated in their own homes. Yeah. How do you how do you deal with that? Well, it's really a challenge of bureaucracy and the system because we are paid as service providers to teach individuals with disabilities how to accept the world. But there's no money that teaches the world how to accept people with disabilities. And so um, that's the exciting thing about outside the box potentially coming here is it will be a social impact project that will really increase awareness. And that's what March is really all about for the whole community is to bring awareness that every single person should have one label, and that is human, and we all have great value and all have something to offer. Um, we just need to be given that opportunity. You know, Cecilia, one of the great proponents of the Americans with Disabilities Act was a senator named Bob Dole, who was a generally a conservative Republican senator who believed in less government, but in this area he, he advocated for government intervention for people with disabilities because he himself suffered a disability that he... Uh, incurred in, in his service in World War II. So uh, when, you, when you think what, back to what Kelly was just talking about, how important was the Americans with Disabilities Act in moving the country forward? It was very important. In fact, this year is the 30th anniversary of the ADA, and so we are going to be recognizing that at our kickoff on March 3rd, or 2nd, sorry, and our kickoff that morning at 8.30 in the morning at Fisher City Hall Auditorium. But like Kelly was saying, um, <clears throat> the, the ADA provided more, more rights, more awareness and opportunities for people with disabilities, but we, we still have a long way to go with regard to employment, uh, housing, uh, transportation. There's still there's still businesses and and places where it's it. There's no access uh, for people in wheelchairs or with di different disabilities to to uh, be a patron at those businesses or participate in activities. So so here in Fishers, we we're really striving to be a community where where we could take a look and see you know how we can work together to to again build a life without limits. That's our that's been our tag for for our group is to build a life without limits in Fishers. Staying with you a minute, you, you already mentioned this briefly, but your kickoff, as you mentioned, is March the 2nd uh, here in City Hall. Tell us more about what's planned for that day. Sure. Well, we're going to unveil our theme. Our, our theme this year is Focus 2020 with looking at the past, present, and future. And FOCUS stands for fun events that we have all month long that will highlight the contributions and talents of people with disabilities, bring more awareness about disabilities. The, the O is opportunities. We, we want to share all the opportunities that have been created here in our community with regard to, to resources. The C is honoring our caregivers. We have so many caregivers that are, are stressed out they're mentally fatigued. We, we are providing at our quarterly meeting some presentations about stress relief and how to take care of yourself, how to have more support within the disability community. And you is unity. We, we're united as a community, like I said, with a number of different community partners and organizations, leaders that are working together. And S, we're, we're celebrating the successes that we've had, and we're going to highlight our success, and we're going to kind of share what we're planning on focusing into the future. Now, Kelly, I, I looked at all the different events coming up, and I want to talk about one in particular. There's going, uh, Cecilia's already talked about the film community being involved. 
There's a screening of two films on March 29th. It'll be at the Switch Theater at Julie Academy. One of the films is 1,500 Miles. I've not seen that one. But the second film to be screened is uh, one I screened some time ago myself, the Jenny Burbitsky story. Uh, now, this is an outstanding documentary film. I've interviewed the film's director, Paul Nethercott. I do some, some film podcasts as well. I'd recommend that film to just about anybody. In fact, when I was at that screening, there wasn't a dry eye in the house when that film ended. So talk about uh, so this. what I think is, I think it's new, your uh, relationship with the film community. So it's exciting when we have when we start planning for March, we really invite people to reach out to us as well. And I think that this evolved through that invitation. Um, I have not seen those movies either, but I'm super excited about the opportunities to get to know more about them. And we're really, really excited about the partnership. And it'll be an opportunity for people to see the movies and to learn more about, you know, how how life can be challenging and the things that happen for in people's lives when they are diagnosed with ALS or when they, they lose a leg. And uh, we're going to have an opportunity to have a panel discussion with the protagonists, the people involved whose stories are impacted by, by their disability, and the filmmakers that have created these stories to bring awareness. So we're really merging the disability awareness and also the, cre- the creatives in our community to inspire them to to you know, share their story, to create films that will bring awareness to, to, to social issues, to, to bring empathy, empathy of, of what's happening in the lives of, of people that we see day to day. Same with you for a second, uh, Cecilia. On March 24th at the Grace Church, you'll have an event which you uh, describe as, your group describes, as an inclusive reverse job fair. So explain how that works. Right. So it's kind of like a match.com, if you will. We, we're bringing in three, uh, 30 businesses and 30 candidates, and we're trying to match them together. And it's it's there's going to be training offered to the businesses in in terms of how how do we how do we screen and interview people with disabilities. Uh, Kelly can offer a little more insight as to the the actual process. Kelly, go ahead. Well, I want to take a second to just highlight how important employment is um, during the much, month of March and really all year long. Um, we have an unemployment rate amongst folks who are qualified to be working with disabilities of over 70%. Our unemployment rate in Fishers for several, several months, uh, Hamilton County has been under 3%. And so we have folks who are employers in the community that really, really need new employees. They need new talent. This is an untapped market. So this reverse job fair is a great opportunity for folks who are ready for employment. They have the skills necessary to get out there with their resume and sell themselves. They need willing opportunities to talk to employers who will hear them and consider them as really an incredibly valuable resource. I talked with Cecilia about this in the past, and I want to get your comment on this, Kelly, because I spent 28 years working for the federal government uh, as a manager and, and in very other many other roles. And I had a chance to work with a number of people with disabilities that the federal government took a chance on hiring, particularly people with total blindness. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of instructing within the government. And what I, what I saw was an, a tremendous 
advancement in the technology available. When we started off, when I first started working with these folks, they dealt with Braille books. By the time I retired, they had JAWS and other kinds of technology where uh, the text was translated into a voice actuator and they could listen rather than have to scan the, the Braille. Uh, and what I, what I found, that I, and this ties into what you were saying, the federal government had, had some small investment in this, but what I found were some tremendously productive employees. I instructed with a man who was uh, totally blind, and the students absolutely loved him. He was a very good at his job. He, taught, he was one of the best instructors that we had, but somebody gave him a chance to do that, and that's why he had the opportunity to be an instructor and be such a good one. So talk a little bit about how important it is to get that opportunity. And, you know, some of these employers do have help in terms of the technology that can help these people with disabilities integrate into the workforce. Well, I think that that's one of the um, misconceptions that people as employers have about employing folks is that, oh, well, the, the accommodations are going to be really expensive. Um, Actually, what we know is it usually costs less than $500 in any kind of accommodations across the board. And it could be something as simple as a microphone or someone might need a larger screen to see. Um, someone might need a rolling chair as opposed to a stationary chair. There's very, very mild, you know, very small adjustments that can be made to help somebody really succeed in a job. I think the other thing is what people don't realize is if you measure the morale of your team before hiring folks with disabilities. And then you measure the morale of a team who has taken the chance to incorporate someone different than them into their workforce. There is significant benefits to employers and their existing workforce to having folks with disabilities on the team. I, I found that uh, last year when we had this podcast, I say I had Jordan Dickey mm. on the podcast. and uh, He's Tom, a rock star. Tom Dickey's son, he works locally. And everything I understand, the employer absolutely loves the work product he's doing. So I think he's a great example of giving somebody a chance. Uh, the other side of this I was going to ask you about is that sometimes, and I ran across this in my government experience, is that people can have what are called hidden disabilities. You don't necessarily, you can tell someone's blind or missing a limb, that kind of thing. But there are many people who have pretty severe disabilities you might not even know about just by looking at the person talking with that person. So, so talk about how hidden disabilities can give people a, a, maybe the incorrect uh, assumption about somebody and, and what they have to deal with in life. Absolutely. You know, Fishers has done a wonderful job, too, of highlighting mental health and, and trying to... Uh, do away with the stigma of, of talking about uh, mental illness. And, uh, you know, uh, mental illness can be a disability. Uh, there's dyslexia. There's learning, learning um, issues, MS. There's anxiety. Uh, you know, there, you just don't know sometimes what a person is, is facing, and they don't want to disclose, you know, what's going on. And so part of what this reverse job fair is, the the candidate is kind of disclosing, you know, this is what I, I'm facing, uh, but I am a qualified person, and, you know, give me an opportunity. So hopefully we, we are pairing uh, a, a business with, with a, a potential candidate and make a match. And so that's kind of where our reverse job fair is, is that we're, we're providing more disclosure as to uh, 
what what the disability might be and how what accommodations might be needed for that particular individual if if they get hired. Well, Kelly, I've tried to pick out a few events. Uh, there are so many events happening in March. I couldn't talk about all of them. I would like for you to take a moment and just pick out some events in March that people may need to know about. They may want to get involved with. So one of the ones that I'm most excited about um, each year is the celebration of inclusion through art, which will happen at Connor Prairie on Friday, March 6th from 6 to 9. Um, for those people in our community who maybe haven't ever been involved with folks with disabilities or may not have someone in their neighborhood or their, or their family who has challenges and they're curious about the amazingness that some folks in our community actually have, this is a great opportunity to come out and see what art is being done by some of our artists with disabilities. And it is just a really awesome community event where people are together and eating and drinking and having a great time and celebrating the good things that are happening in our community. That is one of my favorite events of the entire month. Um, there are several opportunities for school-aged individuals and their buddies, not just best buddies, but peer mentors to be involved. One of those would be at the um, Adaptive Sports Showcase and Exceptional Learners Performance, which will be on March 21st, a Saturday. And again, we're expecting you know two to 300 people to be at this, and there'll be opportunities for sports exhibition, not only folks with and without disabilities, but opportunities for people to participate together in almost carnival style sports exhibitions. I know one of the new partnerships with us this year is 913 Sports, which is a great central Indiana charity that teaches folks about bicycles and the value of riding bikes and building bikes. And so we're super excited to have them here for the Adaptive Sports Showcase on the 21st. Uh, Cecilia, I'm sure you have some events you'd like to highlight as well. Well, like like I mentioned about employment, the one event that I'm I'm hoping that more businesses will come and employers here in our community is the Coffee Talk Looking at Employment Differently, and that is Thursday, March 12th from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. at Connor Prairie. And again, it, there's a it's free. You just have to register at the Fisher's website. Um, but this is going to be very important, and we're going to showcase businesses that are having success with uh, with their employment, and we're going to we're going to teach businesses, you know, what 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 it is to hire someone with a disability. How does that work? What partners in our community are there to help with job shadowing, job training? Uh, bringing in the any kind of uh, adapt adaptive equipment that that is needed. How does all that work? And and so it's very important. And then a new event this year is the the variety show. Our our variety show is called Focus on Talent, and it will be at the Switch Theater. There will be two shows at three and at seven p.m. That's Saturday, March twenty eighth. And our own Angela Buckman is going to be our MC for for those two shows. And we're going to highlight some of the, the the talent that we have here. Some of some people are are amazing singers. They're they're dancers, performers. They they do comedy. It, it's going to be a really nice family friendly event. And money for some of the ticket sales will go to a new project called the Prison Project. It's a, an inclusive. 
um, performing arts program for people with disabilities that's starting here in Fishers, and also another nonprofit called Help Over Hurdles, which provides scholarships for care providers that direct support providers that might need a little extra help. They they don't get paid very much, and so sometimes there's a hardship like something goes awry with their their car and they can't get it fixed the this program helps to provide some money to get their car fixed so they can get to their to their job and so it, it go the ticket sales go to to two good causes and so i'm really excited about that you know that's a, a group that's not always talked about cecilia the the care providers just how much uh, they have to deal with how difficult it can be to be a care provider and, and the support that they need Absolutely. So, you know, we're, we're really trying to highlight this month caregivers in terms of it could be parents, a, a family member, and, and trying to provide them some support, some, some mental health um, presentations, but also bring, bring some light to our direct support providers. We, we have to find a way to try to pay our direct support providers more and because they are the ones helping our loved one with a disability every day and it's hard to find good quality uh people the the turnover rate is is very high and and kelly can kind of share a little bit more about that but it, it is a, a definite challenge facing the disability community right yeah, now i want to ask kelly about that because uh i know the pressures that are there and sometimes it's a volunteer family member but often it's also someone who's paid and the pay is not outstanding, and the job is difficult. So talk about how difficult it is to find people to do this kind of work and keep them in the work. We're in a um, national workforce crisis with direct support professionals. Um, I know here in the state of Indiana, it is estimated that we are looking at a 25 to 30% vacancy statewide. If you're a family that really relies on those services and you can't get staff, it's exhausting. Um, the unfortunate part, again, of the system that we work in is that we are price takers, not price makers. So when our cost of doing business goes up as a provider, that doesn't mean we get to increase our rates. That, that we are um, stuck with whatever the legislators say at the state level, how much money will go into our system, and that many times dictates. Currently, our direct support professionals um, are being hired in at a starting rate of ten fifty to $11 an hour. Now, I was recently in the drive-thru of a local restaurant where I'm most certain you don't have to have a driver's license, you don't have to have car insurance, you don't have to have a background check, you don't have to have a lot of different things. And it said hiring immediately, start tomorrow, $13 an hour. I mean, this tearful experience for me because we're really struggling to get DSPs. And in an area like Fisher's, which on many, many levels is very, very lucky to be a higher socioeconomic status neighborhood where we have these great amenities and resources. What we don't have is a workforce that is willing to work for ten fifty to eleven dollars an hour. And the job is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's great value. What we know from the research is that people work with our folks with disabilities because they want to make a difference and they want to be valued for making a difference. And third comes the paycheck, right? But when you're talking about a difference between $13 an hour and $11 an hour for a full-time employee, you're talking about a difference of $4,000 a year. And in a community like Fisher's, um, in the surrounding areas, $11 an hour is not even living wage. 
as we wrap this up, I'm going to give each of you a chance just to talk about something that I didn't think to think about or just uh, any comment you want to make on the work you have put in and the people working with you on the on the month of March, Disability Awareness Month, or the work you do year-round. So, Cecilia, I'll give you the first chance. Sure. I encourage those that want to partner with us and join our committee. It is the Fisher's Advisory Committee on Disability. We meet quarterly. Our next meeting will be March 3rd. That's a Tuesday. And like I had mentioned, it's going to be focused on our caregivers providing presentations on support and stress relief. But if someone's interested in joining our group, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Please just email me at my city council email. We encourage everybody to look at our website, to look at the specific details of all of the events by going to fishers.in.us backslash disability awareness, which will have all of the, de- the, the details and the links to register for, for the events. Um, we are just really excited. I'm, I'm proud of what we are presenting this month of March, and we are really thankful for the support of the, the city staff, Mayor Scott Fadness. Uh, I really want to thank all of our core committee members because they, they have been working at this for the past six months, and there are a lot of moving parts, and, and we're just really super excited to to bring this to to our city again for the month of March for Disability Awareness Month. I'll uh, have Kelly get the last word. Oh, that's good. I always get the last word, Larry. <laughs> um, we have made mention of Connor Prairie and the Fishers YMCA and HSC schools and um, several great partners, but I don't want to miss the opportunity to um, just do a shout out for the Fishers Arts Council, um, Parks and Recreation. We've had so many great partners. And, you know, Cecilia wouldn't say this as the president of the city council and um, really public servant, but I can say just we are so, so lucky to have the support of the city of Fishers and the people who work in leadership here, um, not only city council, but the mayor and his team um, just to, to see that all people have worth in our community is such a it's such a pleasure to be a part of this process and it's been a pleasure to talk to the two of you you just heard uh, kelly hartman she's the co-chair of disability awareness month month of march here in fishers and she's also the co-founder of outside the box and of course cecilia coble's been with us fishers uh, city council president as was just mentioned and also a co-chair of Disability Awareness Month activities here in Fishers. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me. Thank Thank you, Larry. This podcast has been brought to you by LarryInFishers.com. My local news blog follows news in and around the Fishers area, so check it out. Once again, find it at LarryInFishers.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter, at Larry in Fishers. My name is Larry Lannon. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.